though something has happened in the motorcade route. Something, I repeat, has happened in the motorcade route. There's numerous people running up the hill alongside Elm Street, there by the Simmons Freeway. Several police officers are rushing up the hill at this time. Stand by. From Dallas, Texas, the flash, apparently official, President Kennedy died at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time, some 38 minutes ago. This is just in from Dallas, Homicide Chief Captain Will Fritz said today, the assassination case against Lee Harvey Oswald is cinched. He said flatly, this is the man that killed President Kennedy. 24-year-old Lee Harvey Oswald. Welcome to the End of Innocence. I'm your host, John Young. In last week's episode, we took one last look at the shooting of Officer J.D. Tippett, the arrest of Lee Harvey Oswald at the Texas Theater, and the strange events that occurred there. And we began to look at the happenings at the Dallas Police Department while Lee Harvey Oswald was in custody there. That's where we'll pick up this week. While at the Dallas Police Department, Lee Harvey Oswald was questioned off and on for approximately 12 hours between 2.30 p.m. on November 22nd and 11 a.m. on November 24th. Throughout this interrogation, he denied that he had anything to do with either the assassination of President Kennedy or the murder of Patrolman Tippett. Captain Fritz of the Homicide and Robbery Bureau did most of the questioning, but he kept no notes and there were no tape recordings made of these interrogations. Representatives of other law enforcement agencies were also present, including the FBI and the U.S. Secret Service. They occasionally participated in the questioning, but they kept no notes, and there was no recordings made of their questions either. It's unbelievable. Oswald provided very little information during his questioning. From the outset, Oswald denied owning a rifle. On November 23rd, Fritz confronted Oswald with the evidence that he had purchased a rifle under the fictitious name Alex J. Heidel. Oswald said of this, this is not true. Oswald denied that he had a rifle wrapped up in a blanket in the Payne garage. Oswald also denied owning a rifle and said that since leaving the Marine Corps, he had fired only a small bore 22 rifle. On the afternoon of November 23rd, officers H.M. Moore, R.S. Stovall, and G.F. Rose obtained a search warrant and examined Oswald's effects in the Payne garage. They discovered two photographs, each showing Oswald with a rifle and a pistol. These photographs were shown to Oswald on the evening of November 23rd and again on the morning of the 24th. According to Captain Fritz, Oswald sneered, saying that they were fake photographs, that he had been photographed a number of times the day before by the police, and that they had superimposed upon the photographs a rifle and a revolver. 
He told Fritz a number of times that the smaller photograph was either made from the larger or the larger photograph was made from the smaller and that at the proper time he would show that the pictures were fake. He said he had done a lot of photography work and he knew they were fake. Fritz told him that the two small photographs were found in the Payne garage. At that point, Oswald refused to answer any further questions. At his first interrogation, Oswald claimed that his only crime was carrying a pistol that day into the Texas theater. When Captain Fritz asked him why he carried a pistol, he answered, quote, Well, you know about a pistol. I just carried it, end quote. The arresting officers found a Ford Selective Service card with the picture of Oswald and the name Alex J. Hydell in Oswald's wallet. On November 22nd and 23rd, Oswald refused to tell Fritz why this card was in his possession or to answer any questions concerning the card. On Sunday morning, November 24th, Oswald denied that he knew Alex J. Hydell. Captain Fritz produced a selective service card bearing the name Alex J. Hydell, and Oswald became angry and said, quote, Now I've told you all I'm going to tell you about that card in my wallet. You have the card yourself, and now you know about as much about it as I do, end quote. During the first interrogation on November 22nd, Fritz asked Oswald to account for himself at the time of the president's shooting. Oswald told him that he ate his lunch in the first floor lunchroom and then went to the second floor for a Coke, which he brought downstairs. He acknowledged the encounter with Officer Marion Baker on the second floor. Oswald told Fritz that after he ate his lunch, he went outside and talked to Foreman Bill Shelley for five to ten minutes and then left for home. He said that he left work because Bill Shelley said that there would be no more work done that day in the building. Shelley denied seeing Oswald after 12 noon or any time after the shooting. It's been intermittent. It has not been continuous. But so far, he's given absolutely no sign of weakening under the questioning. No. Are you and the rest of the police convinced you have the right? You are the right man now. I think we do. Are there any other suspects uh, linked with Oswald? No. Not, not prime suspects there. There's others we want to talk to. Yes, sir. What will be done with Oswald? Well, he's been charged. He will be transferred to the county jail and await grand jury action on it. When will he be transferred to the county jail? That I don't know. Uh, as soon as we get through talking to him, probably maybe sometime Has today. he made any admission this morning in your further questioning of him about the I, killing of President Kennedy? I have not talked to him, and I don't think anyone else has. What are you? waiting for now, Chief, in terms of further interrogation? Well, we just want to talk to him some more. When will you do that? I imagine in a few minutes. This will be before his transfer to the county jail. Oh, yes. yes. You expect that he will be brought down this corridor, Chief? Yes. Chief, just, is there still any word how he got from downtown out to the old section? Not that I know of. Just so far, what evidence has been uncovered, Chief? In well, addition to the weapon, etc. Uh, I wouldn't want to elaborate on all the evidence that has been uncovered. And what about his background? Uh, well, he has a background, of course, as generally known now. He uh, defected to Russia in 1959 and uh, married a Russian girl. And then uh, last August, I understand, he uh, went to the American consulate and asked to be brought back to the United States. How would you describe his mood during the questioning? Has Very it... arrogant. Has been all along. What does Jill say, Chief? Uh, he just denies everything. Does he say anything else? 
not too much. Uh, well, he, I don't know. I haven't personally been interrogating him. Has he admitted that he was in the building at the time that yes. the shots were fired? Well, we know he couldn't deny that. We, we have witnesses. But he did deny it, did he? How long has I he been? I think he denies everything. Yeah. Chief Curry, how long has he been in Dallas, to your knowledge? I think approximately two months. And he is an employee of a bookbinding firm which operated here. I understand it's a Texas book depository. Is there any doubt in your mind, Chief, that Oswald is the man who killed the I president? I think this is the man that killed the president. Yes. Despite what he said there to reporters, Chief Jesse Curry did not think Oswald acted alone. Oswald was known to be a poor marksman during his time in the Marine Corps and would have little chance to improve his marksmanship in civilian life. Said Curry, quote, We don't have any proof that Oswald fired the rifle and never did. Nobody has been able to put him on the sixth floor of the depository with a gun in his hand. End quote. Curry was also very misleading to reporters when asked about the nitrate test. Oswald was giving nitrate tests to his cheeks and hands to determine whether he had fired the rifle. His cheeks tested negative for traces of nitrate, but a slight residue was found on his hands, deposits that could have gotten why he was handling newspapers or other materials present in the depository. The cheek test proves his innocence. There is no way to fire a rifle without getting traces of nitrates on your face or cheek. When a rifle is fired, the gunpowder of the bullets leaves a pattern of nitrate deposits on the face, notably the cheek of the marksman. Determined efforts by the Dallas police and FBI had still failed to tie Oswald to the rifle. As a side note, the Warren Commission knew the results of the nitrates test done on Oswald that day, but since it didn't go with the way their theory was, they concluded the tests were not reliable. Down the hall again. You find that rifle. Right dispatches you people have been given, but I emphatically deny these charges. Oswald has hustled uh, through a doorway. He says he has nothing against anybody. He has not committed any act of violence. I know we covered this back in episode 11, but it's so important to the case, I feel like I want to go over it again. Oswald allegedly owned a 6.5 Mamaka Carcano rifle, a rifle which he ordered under his alias Alex J. Heidel in March of 1963 from Klein's Sporting Goods. What type of rifle was found in the Texas School Book Depository immediately after the shooting was not a 6.5 Mamaka Carcano. There is an affidavit signed by Dallas Constable Seymour Weissman that the rifle he and Deputy Sheriff Roger Craig found at the Texas School Book Depository was a 7.65 German Mauser bolt action. It was equipped with a 4.18 scope and had a thick leather brownish black sling on it. The rifle was between some boxes near the stairway. So this is not even the gun that Oswald owned, and the press reported for 36 hours after the assassination that the gun that was used was a 7.65 German Mauser. When the police couldn't tie the German Mauser to Oswald, all of a sudden it morphed into a 6.5 Mamaka Carcano. Why is that? Because they had proof that Oswald owned one of those. The saga of the three police officers finding a Mauser in the northwest corner of the room Lee Oswald allegedly killed the President of the United States from continues to attract attention. How could three police officers, all experienced with firearms and the identification of weapons, miss pinpointing this important piece of evidence, if indeed they were wrong to begin with? The discovery of Oswald's rifle and how it morphs from a German Mauser into an Italian-made Manuka Carcano is an interesting study of either high confusion or else men who were subject to political pressure to recast their stories. Discovered by Deputy Sheriff Eugene Boone in the northwest corner of the sixth floor, it was identified as a Mauser by him, Deputy Constable Seymour Weissman, and Deputy Sheriff Roger Craig. Moments later, Captain Fritz and Lieutenant Day show up to examine and take possession of the firearm. 
Watchman would give testimony to the Warren Commission that the rifle found was a Mauser. His signed affidavit of the 23rd of November describes the rifle as a Mauser. Captain Fritz said it was a Mauser as well and said so to the Warren Commission. Later, Officers Boone and Watchman, along with Fritz, would recant their stories of finding a Mauser. However, Deputy Sheriff Roger Craig never would. Not commonly reported, the Mamaka Carcano is basically an Italian copy of a German Mauser carbine. A carbine is a short-barreled rifle that originated many years ago for use with the cavalry. Since a long-barreled rifle proved to be ungainly for soldiers on horseback, a shorter-barreled rifle was developed. A carbine's advantage is in close combat, but offers poor long-range accuracy due in part to lower bullet velocity. If Lee Oswald did it, he must have been the first sniper to use a carbine, because no real sniper uses that type of rifle. The only advantage gained would be the ability to sneak the weapon in undetected in the building that morning. As already stated here, the first man to see the weapon was Deputy Sheriff Eugene Boone, and he wrote two reports saying the rifle was a Mauser. He also said that Captain Fritz, who would show up to take possession of the rifle, thought it was a Mauser as well. There's a signed affidavit dated November 23, 1963, that Deputy Constable Wiseman reports a discovery of a 7.65mm bold-action Mauser rifle at approximately 1.22 p.m. on the day of the assassination. He would later give the same description in his Warren Commission testimony. The questioning attorney, Mr. Ball, never questions Watchman in regard to the discrepancy to the weapon type or how the Mauser later becomes known as the Mamaka Carcano, but later, the Warren Commission would decide that Watchman and the other police officers were simply mistaken. Roger Craig stated in a filmed interview that he was standing with the other officers and examining the rifle up close, within six to eight inches, and he saw, quote, 7.65 Mauser, end quote, stamped on the barrel. He further states that Watchman saw it too and pointed it out. On the other hand, Oswald's Mamakar Carcano clearly is marked Made in Italy on the shoulder stock and Cal 6.5 stamped on the side of the barrel. How could all these men miss this? Only if they had a Mauser to begin with. Eventually, Fritz, Boone, and Weissman would recant their stories and all would say they had been mistaken all along. How could this be? Here are men that had given numerous reports and testimony under oath that the rifle they had discovered was a Mauser carbine a weapon that Craig said Weitzman had examined up close. Did somebody get to these men? Fritz, Boone, and Weitzman all changed their stories and said they were mistaken and all went on to have normal careers in law enforcement. But Roger Craig, a rising star in the Dallas Sheriff's Department who never changed his story, went on to lose everything, his career, his health, including numerous murder attempts on his life and eventually taking his own life in 1975 at his father's house. Importantly, it should be pointed out here that no signed or sworn affidavit by any police officer involved in the finding of the rifle listed it as a Mamaka Carcano, only as a Mauser. So when did the switcheroo take place? There is no decent explanation why men so experienced with firearms, apparently of good vision and of good sense, could make such a blunder. Roger Craig read Mauser on the breach of a rifle and preserved that account to his dying day. As stated earlier, he said he heard Weitzman identify the rifle as a miser as well. Roger became the last man standing to the controversy after the others have retreated and he cast a mystery over the proceedings, but he surely wasn't the only witness with troubling testimony. Though he stood his ground, the opposition found ways to isolate him and cast him into the wilderness. He lost it all, but never his ability to ruffle the status quo. All you need is one voice that never quivers. There are few heroes in this jam, but Roger Craig stands like a rock. 
So were the police officers browbeaten into changing their account of the discovery of the rifle? I think they were. After all, look what happened to Roger Craig by not going along with the script. In comparison, the other police officers were left alone. It would be understandable for somebody to say to them, quote, you want to end up like Roger, end quote? But if coerced, then by whom? Figure that out and we'll know really what went down on November 22, 1963. We'll find out a lot of things they don't want us to know. Like I've said several times when doing this podcast, the truth of the Kennedy assassination is out there. Three tests that were conducted proved Oswald's innocence in the shooting of John F. Kennedy. Test number one, spectrographic analysis. Oswald's paraffin casts were subjected to two analysis. Spectrographic analysis, the method normally used by the police, showed evidence of barium and antonomy on Oswald's hands but not on his cheek. Test number two, Neutron activation analysis on Oswald. Spectrographic analysis was considered significantly reliable for criminal investigations, but in this case, a more incisive test was also used. Neutron activation analysis, which is capable of identifying the presence of substances in quantities much too small to be captured by spectrographic analysis, also showed no incriminating quantities of residues on Oswald's cheek. The result was reported in an internal Warren Commission memo that stated, quote, At best, the analysis shows that Oswald may have fired a pistol, although this by no means is certain. There is no basis for concluding that he also fired a rifle, end quote. And test number three, controlled neutron activation analysis. In order to check the validity of the neutron activation analysis of Oswald's paraffin cast, a controlled test was made. Seven marksmen fired a rifle of the same type as that found on the sixth floor. The standard paraffin test was administered, and the paraffin casts were subjected to neutron activation analysis. All seven subjects showed substantial amounts of barium and autonomy on their hands, and more importantly, on their cheeks. The absence of significant quantities of residue on Oswald's cheeks meant that he certainly had not fired a rifle that day. So what was Oswald's involvement in the assassination? Amid accusations that Lee Harvey Oswald was being abused by the Dallas police, he was brought before the press at midnight Friday, November 22nd. Earlier in the evening, Oswald had been charged with killing Officer Tippett, and although the paperwork had been filled out, charging him with the assassination of the president, he had not yet been arraigned on or heard that charge. In the audience, with a pistol in his pocket, is Jack Ruby. The suspect is coming down the aisle and into identification room. So far, we have... We won't be able to pick him up until he's been brought in front of our cameras. There he is a slight fellow with uh, some scratches. And I positively know nothing about this situation here. I would like to have re- uh, legal representation. Well, I was uh, questioned by judge. However, I uh, protested at that time that I was not allowed legal representation. During that, uh, that uh, very short and sweet hearing, uh, I really don't know what the, what the situation is about. Nobody has told me anything except that I'm accused of, uh, of uh, murdering a policeman. I know nothing more than that, and I do request uh, for someone to come forward to give me uh, a legal assistance. 
Did you kill the president? No, I've not been charged with that. In fact, nobody has said that to me yet. Uh, the first thing I heard about it was when the newspaper reporters in the hall uh, asked me that question. You have been. Nobody said what? Sir? You have been. Nobody said what? Okay, man. Okay. What did you do in Russia? Policeman hit me. That was Oswald. Lee Oswald, who was charged with the murder of the President of the United States, so he said he did not know it. About halfway through the video, Lee Oswald is trying to answer a question asked to him by reporters, and you hear a voice say twice, Nobody said what? Nobody said what? And he interrupts Oswald. That voice was Jack Ruby. In the video that you can find on YouTube, Oswald clearly recognizes Ruby, and he has a look on his face like, what is he doing here? Good question. Jack Ruby would make himself known once again that night when District Attorney Henry Wade was holding a press conference. Researchers have long believed that there was something sinister about the fact that Jack Ruby, at the late-night press conference on the day of the assassination, corrected District Attorney Henry Wade about the name of the group in which Oswald claimed membership. Wade told reporters that Oswald was a member of the Free Cuba Movement, and Ruby corrected him to say, quote, fair play for Cuba Committee, end quote. While Ruby later claimed to have heard of Oswald's fair play for Cuba Committee affiliation over a local radio station that afternoon, it nevertheless struck researchers as most odd that this nightclub owner with no known politics would note the difference between the anti-Castro Free Cuba Committee and the pro-Castro Fair Play for Cuba Committee. Of course, this knowledge would not seem at all odd if the accounts of a Ruby-Oswald relationship are true. Ruby was obviously in the jail that night on a dry run prior to his successful murder of Oswald on Sunday, a possibility the Warren Commission never bothered to consider. Yes. Twice. And he told anyone he tried to kill the president. 
He hasn't admitted killing the president to anyone. Do you have any reason to believe that there was any organization behind him? How is it he says that there's nothing mentioned to him? Well, I don't know what he said. He says he didn't do it. You know his place of birth? I do not. Age and so forth, John, specifications and man. What is his correct age, please? 24, I believe. Full name? Full name is Lee Harvey Oswald. O-S-W-A-L-D. What are the names of his How about a rest, Mr. Wade? Has he been in trouble before in Fort Worth of Dallas? I think he has been in Dallas only two months. Where does he come from? From where? From where? New Orleans. What is his mother's name? I do not have that with me. Are you gratified, Mr. District Attorney, that this case has been closed so soon after the incident? There is other that, uh, that that we are going to, we hope to get more. We know that we have more that we know it's like, We're on their way to Washington at present. The right, both guns, both, both guns. How many, how many children go? Can you say whether you have a witness that says he's on his family for the record? No, I cannot. What was the result of the family? I don't think he gave any reason. Where are you going to move him to? Dallas County Jail. How much longer do you plan to question this man tonight? No longer, I don't think. I am just. Uh, sales, as I understand, the president. Has he been officially advised that he's charged with that sir? I do not know. He has just been charged. I have no advice of the other than taken before the magistrate. The time is now 1.30 a.m. on Saturday, November 23, 1963. Lee Oswald has about 34 hours left to live. Next week on The End of Innocence, the JFK Assassination, we will continue to look at Lee Oswald under arrest at the Dallas Police Department. We will take a look at the lineups used that weekend in Dallas while Lee Harvey Oswald was in custody. We will also learn that the FBI knew about Lee Harvey Oswald eight months before the assassination and was keeping him under observation. That's all next week. We'll see you then.